if you want something that's good and hot Just eat a hamburger, it'll hit the spot You can see them on the griddle, go and flip it, it flop Makes you want to do the Welcome to the, the BurgerPalaceAudio.com podcast for industry professionals. I'm Andrew Heil. From copywriting to producing, directing to acting, in television, multimedia, or movies, the BPA podcast is your source for learning about the many different behind-the-scenes roles that comprise the entertainment industry. Today in studio, we have Johnny Gitcomb. Johnny is the owner of Loop to Loop. It's a company that provides ADR and looping for television and film, and I'm sure a lot more, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Thanks. Glad so to be here. Oh, man, I'm so excited to have you here. You know, I've worked with you in the past, and it's yeah. just, I'm really, really happy that you took time out to make it all the way out to the Burger Palace. Hey, it's awesome. I know the number one thing that you probably get asked by people is what is ADR? What is looping? Well, that's a broad subject um, because it encompasses a lot of the different things that are in voiceover. It encompasses soundalikes. It encompasses walla, which is the background of various scenes. Uh, it encompasses um, voice replacement um, efforts, um, which is all the fights and things like that. Most recently... What I've found is that, you know, the sound-alikes are uh, going more and more and more, becoming a bigger and bigger, bigger deal than they used to be because I, I think what it is is that they don't want to pay for the, the stars to come in to test lines. So we've been doing a lot of that as of late. So a sound-alike, just for clarity. Okay, a sound-alike is like somebody that, you know, if you can sound like Jim Carrey, and it used to be that when I'd bring someone in to do Jim Carrey, it was usually to do a TV version that he didn't want to do. But now it's to do, uh, you know, to 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 work on the film to get it better to a point before they bring the star in if they're changing the lines uh, because they don't want to waste their money. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to put it, right? right. Waste their well, money. it's also because you know they have all these screenings and they want they don't want. To, when they're doing a screening to see how the the movie's playing, they don't want it. Some you know, just they used to have just anybody. The editor used to do it. Anybody used to do it, and it would jar the audience. And they were like, "Why is that voice coming out of Jim Carrey or whoever it might be? It doesn't sound like him." So there's a lot of different forms then. Of so, is there a difference between ADR and looping itself? No, I'd say it's the same thing. It's just you can call it whatever name you want to. A a ADR and looping, and walla. I mean, that's why they used to be just called walla groups because, uh, you know, people would hear the walla, 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 because some of the things they'd have us do murmur-ish. So it's what you hear in the background. That's fascinating, and to, to, just to be part of that, to see what they add for realism into the back of, of, of any television show or a movie. Right. You think that, you know, there's some guy with a recording of a sound effects, you know, bed of a hospital... And I, it was interesting to me to see that you actually hire people to bring in a realism to whatever scene. Right. It That's exactly today. right. Yes. Whatever. I mean, every single day you go on the job is a different, you know, you don't know what, where you're going to be in the world. You know, you can be, you know, anywhere from, uh, uh, you know, the movie takes place in Texas, New York, you know, Europe, wherever it is. So you're constantly changing scenarios and, and having to come up with different things because of that. Jumping the gun a little bit, but how do you plan for that in the role that you do? Well, the first thing I do, you know, I, I screen the movie um, before anybody in the group does. I have a, 
a sense of what it is that they're going to need. Um, then they give me, the, usually the sound supervisor or the editor give me the ADR cues that they want. And I take a look at them and then I cast accordingly who best fits whatever it is the need of the movie. Um, so, it, you know, every single job, again, is completely different than the one that I did the, the day before or the week before. So there's somebody sitting in a room somewhere saying, we can't understand what was just said on that film. We we want to clear this up, yeah. but we want to change words. What, what, yeah. what is that? I'll, What's I'll going give you on an example. I did, I did um, the movie uh, Chronicle, which was a kid's movie made for $12 million. You know, not, I, when I say kids, I mean teenagers. Mm-hmm. And it was shot in South Africa for Seattle. Now, they hired a bunch of South African actors that were actually pretty good, but they couldn't do an American accent very well. So they called me in and said, we need to replace all these actors' voices. So I I had to hold auditions for every single little, from one line to, we replaced a supporting role of one of the kids' mothers, well, the kids' mother in it. It can be that... um, that thorough or that intense that I'm having to come up with, you know, replacing an entire cast um, so that they sound like they're an American. How does it look so seamless, though? I mean, you know, because I see movies and I I wouldn't have known. I've seen, you know, reels on YouTube and things like that. You've seen bad, you've seen bad (laughs) Japanese movies where the, you know, the the the, mouse, the Godzilla type of uh, looping, (laughs) right. right. Well, you know, you hire professionals. I mean, you hire people that are, are good at that sort of thing, that can put their voice into someone else's mouth. There is a technique to it, and there is a. It's it's not, you know, not everybody can do it. How did you even get started in looping? It's kind of strange, strange way I started. I had directed a lot of theater in, in town in L.A. and I had run the Groundling Theater, which is very improv based. And one of my friends was a producer, and his name is John Landau, and he's the producer of Titanic. Mm-hmm. But he, and he used to work over at Fox uh, and was head of uh, production over at Fox, and that's how I met him to begin with before he left there and then produced Titanic. But he had called me in on Titanic. It was my first looping job ever. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. He's like, oh, why don't you come do this? You know, it'll be fun. You'll scream. So, you'll yell. small budget. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I was like, really? You you want me to come scream and yell and fall off the ship? I thought, oh, that's easy. Okay, sure, I'll do that. You know, it's 800 and whatever dollars it was at the time, or 700 and whatever right. it was. And so... I walked into the room and realized very quickly that it was not just screaming and falling <laughs> off the, the that it was much more detailed and much more and much harder than it looked. And ironically enough, because it's so competitive, the people that were running the room, I won't say which loop group it was, but they weren't friendly to the people that were, I guess, you call them must-hires, or producers' requests. And so it wasn't a friendly atmosphere, and they weren't there to help me figure out what it was I was to do. So I sat and I watched a lot. I did get up and do cues, but I really watched intently. And then they just, 
there, there's such a, com- a camaraderie. I'm trying to make this as positive as can be right, sure. <laughs> with these people uh, that they sort of excluded us. And so when lunchtime came and um, they didn't want to associate with us. And so the producer said, hey, Johnny, how's it going? I'm like, oh, it's, you know, this isn't what I thought it would be. And it's not that much, you know, people aren't that nice. <laughs> because you, <laughs> and he's like, really? Uh, because being the producer, you would think that, you know, the people that you bring in, you would they would be treated well. But we weren't treated that well. So after that, I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is not something I want to do. Then they asked me to do, because I had so many connections with so many actors from the Groundlings to directing all this theater, they needed some um, non-union work on these. It, this is a time when, you know, studios still did non-union films. And so they would call me in and say, can you put a bunch of actors together and do this? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess I can. You know, I've watched it. And then after that, I was like, man, this is good. I can do this. What was I thinking? Uh, because of my improv background and because of my directing background. And so finally after I did a couple of those non-union jobs, I, I went to the went to John who and a, f- a few other people that I know and I said, "You know what? I think I can do a, you know, a SAG film. Why don't you give me a SAG film to do and I, you know, I think I can do this." How many people did you have on that first job? Oh, wow, the first job I think I had 12. So and none of them knew, though. and none of them knew <laughs> what to do. They were all relying on me. But I had been a producer's request on a couple of other movies as well, right? That that weren't, you know, that were union, that were were not a good experiences again, because you've got to realize when they're your producer's request, you're taking someone's spot that they're it's their friend, right? And so that's used to working. That's used with to that working group, with yeah. that group all the time, right? So I said. When I started my group, because John had said, why don't you just start your own group? You know everybody. You know all how to do all this. And I was like, I, I hemmed and hawed for a couple of months and then finally said, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. Maybe I will. But my top priority was that I always want to treat all the actors, even if they're must-hires, in a, a very supportive, professional way because you can't be creative unless you do that. And if, if you're not comfortable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a nerve-wracking experience. Like, for, to your description, it's a fairly nerve-wracking experience. You're walking in, you're seeing these pros, and there's a lot more going on. Right. Like you mentioned Walla, and there's other things that are going on in a room that, that you might not have expected. Right. I had you know? no idea. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a real eye-opener. I, You know, most people don't even know what this is that we... that that I do. So it's kind of hard to describe a lot of times. So you started that group that based group, off of John. Based off of John Landau, yeah. How did you end up growing? How did you end up well, building a successful business? Well, he said business? that he would, he said, you know, you know, I'll help you and uh, I'll help you do your own thing. And so then I had other friends in post and so I bugged them and they had asked me for favors doing these non-union movies. So I just bugged them back and said, hey, you know, why don't you give me a shot at doing, I know it's a low-budget film, give me a shot at it. It's SAG, let me do it. So, and I kept getting good feedback every single time. And and the thing was, I was training all of the actors in order to do it. They they had no experience. It wasn't like, there is a core group of uh, loopers in, uh, in the city that everybody uses. 
that they work all the time, you know, all the different loop group leaders. But I didn't do that. I started every single person, you know, that I used. I didn't know those other people. I didn't have an alternative but to teach them how to do it. So I just hired really good actors and really good improvisers. And now how long ago was that that you started this? Uh, about 15 years so ago. And, and do you still work with some of those same folks? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They've been with me. Some of them have been with me the whole 15. Some of them have, uh, n- have gone off and started their own groups, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, I wish them well. And, and um, you know, I'm, pr- I'm actually kind of proud of the fact that I've started so many different people. And off from the classes that I teach, I, I started a lot of people that have come out of my classes that have never had the experience. If people are interested in your class, what, what, what's the best way to uh, approach you for those classes? Uh, well, probably to check out my website, okay. um, net, and there'll be a link if you're interested. For in classes and training? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's basically, yeah, I, I still have three, four actually more than that, that have worked for me all those years. When you began the groups, what were the big challenges? First off, you had to train. I mean, that sounds like the biggest challenge, right. training new people. Right. I mean, I would literally hold class. I would literally, I, it was back when you could take the film and sh- and they would give me a, a, a VHS of it. And I would show the loopers the film the day before or a couple of days before and give them homework right then tell them what we needed, how to do it. I'd also actually have the class in my house so that I could train them how to do it. Hmm. Um, Because I was competing against people that had done it, you know, forever. Um, And 15 years from there, And 15 years later, here I am, I've done the the top, I have worked on the top three grossing films of all time. From Avatar, uh, Avatar, uh, Titanic, and Avengers. And so I'm, you know, I've, it's come full circle. It so was fun to, to to stay through the credits, which I think Los Angeles is the only place on earth that people <laughs> actually do that. That's very. But true. it was fun to stay through to see who actually did the ADR for that, and and I saw that you had done that, and yeah. that was just that was a thrill, just to yeah. know that you know the superhero is part of the superhero. It's kind of cool. What now has it changed? Has the industry changed a lot since yeah, this began? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. I mean, I, I, again, as I said at the beginning, I, we're doing. M- many more sound of likes and voice replacements than we ever used to. Um, and I think and what's happened is is that when they go do movies over in Canada or in Europe or in South Africa and they come back here and they realize, oh, these people have accents that A, we can't understand very well that they want to replace them or they don't like their performances. So more foreign films than local, so more than Steve Buscemi sound-alikes or something like that or kind of equal for you? It's equal, I would say. I mean, it can be any kind. I mean, it uh, it can be performances. I mean, I've changed, you know, people's performances just because they didn't like the the sound of their voice or or their acting job. And we can change that, you know. we did it in Avengers. We changed um, a kid that, you know, it was his big break, and then one of my actors' voices come screaming, out, <laughs> screaming out of that kid's mouth. <laughs> so, you know, I felt bad for the guy, but, you know, that's, that's, how, it works. that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, they need to make money off of a picture. That's what yeah, they're doing it for. Right. What, what were the most fun projects that you've worked on over the years? I would say one of them, uh, for me anyway, was... Uh, 
the Planet of the Apes movie, the latest one, um, because we had to create all those ape sounds, voices. Of which I understand you were one of the Yes, the I was, leads. believe it or not. Um, I can sound like an ape very easily. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, uh, it was really technical technically wise it was a, a challenge because we had to record everything uh you know triple you know speed so everything was really sped up so that when we played it back we did sound like apes so like the old chipmunks but in reverse yes exactly okay. kind of like that yeah um and it worked i mean um and it was fun, but it was hard as well because we wanted, they really wanted the apes to come alive and to really sound, you know, like a for real ape. So we listened to, um, you know, uh, tapes of ape sanctuaries and tried to mimic them and um, come up with different, you know, from, from everything, from all the different, you know, the apes, the, I mean, the orangutans had a different sound, the, um, the, uh, gorillas had a different sound. The chimpanzees had a different sound. And you had cast and, and I had those cast, separately. And, and I well, I cast. Originally, they said we think it'll work better if if the people you bring in have lower voices. And the first session we tried that, and then when they played it back, it didn't sound very good because playing it back at a different speed makes it sound. If it's if it was low. It even got it got so low it didn't sound like a real ape. Mm. So then we then they understood that the part of the reason why because I've got a higher voice, people with higher voices were actually better at making the ape sounds are sounding much more like an ape when it was played back. Did they come to you after they played with it, or were you part of that entire process? I was part of that entire process. I mean, we it was definitely a joint um, between the ADR supervisors and me and and the other actors I um, mean there was a lot of trial and error and it was difficult because you're watching a screen and trying to do the efforts are trying to make the sounds for an ape that's going you know three four times faster than a normal movie which is hard enough to, to keep up to yeah in real and you're time. trying to put words or sounds in that ape's mouth at that three times time. the yeah, speed exactly wow so it was pretty it was challenging but it was fun Good group to work with, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. And I was really happy when it came out. I was really pleased to see, not only with the apes things that we did, but with, I mean, there were big battle scenes and um, and really proud of how, you know, all of it sounded. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was a fun movie, actually. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. So who do you work with? In other words, in from kind of start to finish, how does the process begin? How, if somebody says, Johnny, we need ADR uh, for this particular movie. Right. What's the process? Who actually gets a hold of it you? It can be uh, uh, a lot of different people. It can be anywhere from the director to the editor to the ADR supervisor to the post-production supervisor um, to the sound supervisor. That's what makes getting jobs in my business a little uh, complicated because you never know who's going to have the power to give you the job but whoever it is you know it, a lot of them come through post a lot of them come through the sound supervisor some through the editors uh, like um, Avengers came through the editor I had worked with him on several projects and he basically requested me so um, you know that's whoever it, whoever contacts me first is how it, how it works and then I usually go and screen the film and we talk about 
you know, how many people they can afford. I mean, it's always about the budget and what kind of sound that they want for that, you know, um, budget. What's, a, what's the largest amount of, of talent that you have in a room at once? Uh, I've had, well, on Avatar, I think there were 28 people. Um, all at once? All at once. Wow. But that's, you know, Avatar is an anomaly. It's not, it's not the general rule. I would say anywhere from 8 to 12 to 20 is usually... Is it the same for TV as for film? No, 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 no. TV is literally maybe you're lucky if you have six. Most of the time they give you five. So... No. What do you prefer doing? You do, do you like film? I like film because of the challenges that film bring. Then they're much more you know had they have time to really go in depth uh, on a film where they don't have that on uh, uh, TV shows. It's everything very quick. But you were mentioning regularity. In, well, in the, the good thing earlier. about TV is that it is a regular, steady gig. Um, that is a great thing. Um, yeah, anytime, you know. anytime people that do independent work get steady work, yeah. it's always a I nice mean, thing, it's, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you're happy that you've got a steady gig. But, it, you know, also, it's, it's not as fulfilling uh, as far as creativity-wise, for me anyway. Uh, features are much more creative, uh, much more intense. It's just like a bigger game. It's like a, you know, it's a bigger game. It's a bigger deal. They take their sound much more seriously than a TV show does. So somebody in the industry is curious about checking out ADR, looping. They want to know more about it. What's mm -hmm. the best way for them to, to go about that? Well, you know, I teach classes. There are several other people that teach classes. I would say try to find a class. Um, if you know someone in the business, you know. Uh, if they'll talk to if, you. <laughs> <laughs> if you know someone in the business that, you know, is a friend, just like you me, and, you know, uh, and they'll let you come into a session and watch um, I mean, I would never do what I what happened to me. I would never be thrown into something like like it was uh, I was thrown into without. I mean, I wished I had at least an observation of what I was going to be doing. Absolutely. Um, but I was basically thrown to the wolves. So you know, you either you either swim or you sink. And so um, I think it's like a lot of professions. I mean, you don't know that it's there for you until that challenge is there and, and it really reaches out to you and it says this is what you should be doing. Right. I mean in a lot of ways it was a perfect storm for you, right? Right. I mean it, it, if someone had said to me 15 years ago or 20 years ago when I was at the Groundlings, oh you're going to have an ADR group or a loop group. First of all I didn't know what it was. Second of all I was going, you're nuts. That's not something I'm interested in. Yeah. But it, it serves a purpose for me. It's, it allows me to be creative. It allows me to direct. It allows me to um, cast and make people happy when I <laughs> get to cast them, which is a really good feeling. Um, so it allows me to do every single thing that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, I have to say from an actor's standpoint, when, when you get that call, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of holy grails in, in, in acting and voiceover. I have to say, above and beyond even animation and all those other projects, when you get called for that first time to come in to do an ADR or a looping session, right. no matter what, I mean, that's just a thrill. That's an actor's thrill. Right. And, and for you to be able to do that, that that's a, a really phenomenal yeah. thing. And it, and it is neat that you can nurture people the way that right. you do. So. And that's that's what I made the you know the priority for for me is to really help people out and 
you know, um, give people chances that normally wouldn't have that instead of just going with the tried and true. I mean, they have to be good, but, uh, you know, I expect a lot out of them. But Well, in your I, resume, I mean, if you take a look at your portfolio alone, I mean, obviously you're hiring the right people. I mean, you've got a, a list of, of credits that, that people would just dream of being on. Again, you said the top three highest grossing films of all time, and, you know, that didn't come from you hiring <laughs> slackers. <laughs> no, that's that's true. I mean, I'd say at the beginning it was rough going. I mean, I'm not going to uh, – I'll be honest with you. When I was first learning, it was it was difficult. Now I'm much more confident when I go in a room. I know what – I know I can do what I – have to do, and I know I know who to hire. Is the business itself, is the way you do business different? Is it all on internet? Is it still interpersonal relationships? Uh, well, no. I mean, it, a lot of it is through the internet in the sense that, you know, it used to be I would have to call people and they would have to come down to the studio or wherever it is to audition. Now they can just send me the MP3. They, you know, if they like them, then they usually hire them on the spot. Um, so in the business has changed that way for actors anyway because it used to be a lot of uh, you know driving down to just for an audition for a voiceover now you don't have to do that which is uh, which is pleasant for words of wisdom for people that want to get into the business from your perspective from running a loop group or or doing business with you I'd say always say yes if you're given an opportunity don't ever turn it down um, and stay on people's radar you know, um, as we were discussing before this, if if you're not on my radar, you know, it's not that I don't think you're talented or that, you know, I'm not going to give you a break. The problem is, is if I, I forget about you. Right. And, and unless you're right there. And, you know, it doesn't mean be a pest about it. It means... <laughs> <laughs> Four emails a week. Right. Yeah. It means check in occasionally. Sure. Or just say hi, you know. Um, and then... I go, oh, I haven't used that person in a while, or, oh, I want to give this person a shot, or, you know. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, uh, actors can be their own worst enemies. I've given people breaks, and they haven't realized that they're a break. And in that sense, they end up, pardon my language, but they screw themselves yeah. because they, you know, they don't take advantage of the opportunity that I've given them or anybody else has given them. Uh, so I think it's always about, you know, the thing that I did when I first started was yes, and just like in improv, yes, I'll do it. Yes, what do you need? Yes, I can do it tomorrow. Yes, I can get however many people you need. I don't imagine you have changing that much with that philosophy, though. I mean, you might be too busy for any given project, but I can't imagine you saying no to too many pro If a director calls no, you I, or... No, I've never said no to anything. Right. I mean, I'm certainly not going to. I mean, I've come back from vacation to work on, you know... Um, you know, early to work on films. I think a lot home. of the more successful people in the industry, no matter what field they're in, whether they're editing, I have a friend of mine that gets called to England. He's on a project. He gets called to England at the. He's got a twelve-month-old baby at home, right? And you know they needed him in England, so he right. went because that's what you do well, as an editor. Yeah, and you, you can't know. turn work down because you're only as good as your last job. Just like an actor, you never know when your your next job's going to come. Absolutely. So, uh, I would say always. You know, say yes. Just do it. <laughs>
So to get on Johnny Gitcomb's radar, mm-hmm. go to loop2loop.net. And if you are looking to hire someone who does phenomenal work in the ADR and looping industry, you, you can't hire better. And I've heard a lot of great things about Johnny. So please make sure you check out his website. Uh, I, I hear you're revamping that website. Yeah, so yeah soon. it'll be up probably in a couple of weeks. A cool. new one. So loop2loop.net, and that's Johnny Gitcomb. And thank you so very, very much for thank coming you. in. This has been BPA Presents. Copyright of this program, 2013, BurgerPalaceAudio.com and BPA Presents. All rights reserved. I'm Andrew Heil.